This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Welcome in, Stack in the Box. After an amazing Monday night football game, we are with you for a good solid hour here. Ben Heisler coming up with his picks at 11.30, where he'll battle Verderam, my main man, Eddie E., Gonzo the Beast, and you, welcome in. Verderam, that was a great game last night, for the record. That was that was everything you wanted in a Monday night football game. I don't know how you felt about it, but I really enjoyed it. It was a fascinating game, and I, I think the... Uh... The Cardinals did themselves no favors by passing up points over and over and over. But that that's ultimately where we were and where we are. Um, hell, they even got an onside kick at the end of the game. And you're like, all right. And then Murray scrambled for a bunch of yardage. And then they went backwards a lot. I figured we'd do a deep breakdown of onside kicks to start the show today. I loved the squib up the middle with a heavy pressure. You're not necessarily expecting it in the middle. Two guys going for it. Next thing you know, Cardinals football. I like up the middle. A little no look to the right, no look to the left, up the middle. I don't care about onside kicks one way or the other in terms of their strategy, but I'll say this. Look, I thought for Stafford in that game, he was he was fantastic. I mean, he made one big throw after the next, tight windows, deep throws, Across the field. Yeah, yeah, across everything you could ask for. Murray, on the other hand, had some similarly spectacular moments, but also had some really bad ones. And I think that was the difference in the game in a lot of ways. You know, like the pickets deflected in the red zone. Okay, fine. Then he throws another one. First drive of the third quarter. Like, bro, you can't throw that ball. Like, Leonard Floyd's just standing. It's basically right at him. Um Stafford didn't make those mistakes. I thought that was the difference. And for the Cardinals, we're going to get this in a second. Like, you say, well, you know, what are you going to do? You're 10 and 3. That loss might have cost them home field advantage. It's a big loss. Huge. And Murray could have thrown four or five picks in the game, really. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he could have. Yeah, I mean, he, he was he was right there. And he also had wide open receivers that he missed, uh, especially early. They ended up with field goals when they should have gotten touchdowns. It was an interesting, like, uh, it was just an odd start to the game. You sacked on the first play, false start on the next. I mean, they ended up having a drive there, but it was just an awkward start. And then at the end of the game, you get sacked, and he's talking about confusion on the offensive line. So I, I, credit to the Rams, man. Everyone's saying biggest win of Matthew Stafford's career. Karm on stacking the box is not going to argue with that. Um, that was a big win for sure. Huge. It's a huge win for the Rams. It's a, their second win of the year that matters. They beat the Bucks earlier in the year. They you know, split with the Cardinals. Give them credit for that. And they did it without Jalen Ramsey. They did it without Tyler Higby. Um, that's a game the Cardinals should have won, to be honest. Like, if you are if you are an elite team, you're at home, and they get all these, these bad bits of news right before the game, like, should win that game. Should win that game. And there, and there were – and for the Cardinals – there was a lot of missed opportunities. You know, Hopkins drops that ball on fourth down. It would have been a first down inside the 15-yard line. Huge drop. You know, the first – I believe it was the first offensive drive of the game. You know, I, Murray has A.J. Green wide open for a touchdown. Yep. Wide open. And it misses him. That was a game where the Cardinals had their shots. They had a lot of them. And they just could not capitalize. And, again, give Stafford credit. He was forced into making a lot of tough throws. He did. The other thing that would concern me if I'm the Cardinals going forward in that game, uh, they could not block the Rams. And 
if that's going to be a problem, well, guess what? You're going to see Tampa in the playoffs. You're going to see Dallas in the playoffs. You're, you're going to see Green Bay in the playoffs. All these teams can get after the quarterback. So th- that's something that would concern me long term if I'm a fan of, of Arizona. So, and let's talk about the Bucks here as uh, best teams in the NFC is the topic we're teeing up here to start the show. And again, thank you for joining us, Stack in the Box, 12 Eastern, 11 Central on your YouTube channel on Tuesdays. Uh, Brady with his 700th touchdown pass. Of course, it came to uh, Brashad Perriman in overtime, who, by the way, was a Chicago Bear that Matt Nagy couldn't figure out how to use. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, just, I mean, the, just ridiculous. 700 touchdown pass. He's... 363 more yards. MVP is 7,143rd completion, which is the most of anybody throwing the Super Bowl titles. Uh, where are you going? Best team in the NFC here, Verderam. I think you go a couple different ways. But, you know, I, to me it comes down to the Packers and the Bucks. And it's not because the Cardinals lost you. See, I, I would feel the same way if they won. And maybe that's unfair to them. Um, I, I think – I think the Packers are the most complete team. I think the Bucks are the scariest team in the sense that Brady's won a million Super Bowls. They have weapons all over the field. And their defensive front, to me, is the best in the game, front seven-wise. Now, they have not been as dominant this year defensively as they were at the end of last year. They were, they've not been. They've, they've struggled to cover against the pass. I give the slightest of edges to Green Bay, but I, I really think – you're splitting hairs. Those two teams, I believe, are a notch above the Cardinals, the Cowboys, and the Rams. And then after those teams, to me, it's look, the Niners are fine. They're fun. Maybe they want a playoff game, but I, I don't see anybody else really threatening to get to the Super Bowl. You know, the Packers went on Sunday night, which, of course, uh, I had my own Chicago Bears angle to, but. Look, you know, the Bears are getting plays on special teams. The Bears are having miracle plays on offense where Justin Fields is making beautiful throws on a well-designed Matt Nagy play. Congratulations to the Bears offense. And then the Packers are like, eh, don't care. 24 unanswered in the second half. I mean, granted, they're playing the Chicago and the Bears are missing a ton of players. But I just thought it was just impressive. Like, okay, we could have an off night. It doesn't really mean a whole lot, certainly not for the division. But, uh, I mean, it means a ton as far as the one seat's concerned. But you still, yeah, not phased at all and do it again. I Green Bay, I just love how this is all setting up, bottom line. Hopefully we're getting the rematch, right? That's what I want to see. Give me, give me Brady. Give me Rodgers. There's something with the Cardinals that, I mean, Murray's phenomenal. And maybe I still have, like, short quarterback bias, but it just it looks very difficult for them at times like he's just has to make unbelievable plays to make them sing i i no. I, I can't that that's how i that's how i look at arizona you know for me and i i don't know that this is the most uh high level analysis in the world but i just think it's, it's being honest brady's won seven super bowls like, i'm i'm sorry if they play the cardinals yeah i'm picking brady i'm picking brady like i, I don't i'm not gonna sit there and say, so, yeah, I think Kyler Murray is going to beat him in this game. And maybe that's unfair to him. Maybe that's totally unfair to him. Maybe the Cardinals could do it. But would I pick them over the Bucks? I mean, no, for that reason alone. The other, the other thing is the Cardinals have never, this current iteration of the Cardinals, they've never been in a big game, ever. Like, I have no idea what Kingsbury is going to do in a playoff game. I have no idea how Kyler Murray is going to play in a playoff game. 
AJ Brown or AJ Green rather has been in a bunch of playoff games, never won one of them. Not that that's his fault, but I'm, you know, he's, he has no experience of winning these big games. I, I just, I'm sorry. Like they don't have anybody on that team outside of Chandler Jones who's got winning experience in the playoffs. I, I think that matters. I think that that does matter when you're playing. Look, I don't think it matters if they play Washington, if they play the 49ers. Like they're, they're more talented, but if they play the Packers or the Bucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, it matters. Like th- those teams have been in these spots over and over and over and over. It's the same reason in the AFC. Why? I, look, I like Cincinnati as a fun team, right? I I like the Chargers, and we're going to get into that more because the Chargers have a big game. But I, but yeah, like, do I do I think that it matters that those teams have never ever ever been in a big spot? Yeah, I do think it matters. I do. Eddie E saying the Bucks have Brady. Roger has to prove he can beat Brady when it counts. It's fair. It's fair, right? Hey, dude. Totally, totally fair. Like, like you had the chance last year, and granted, they took it out of your hands. We can have that conversation. I, I hope that Matt LaFleur doesn't go for the repeat. But, dude, 12. You, you're never going to catch him on the resume, but you can at least have this moment of vindication, right? I mean – that would be key. That's that's all I would be thinking yeah. about if I was Aaron Rodgers. Seriously, uh, dude, absolutely. I mean, you lost that game last year, and it wasn't like you lost a game playing out of your mind. You didn't play well, and you lost to Brady, who threw three picks in the second half. Like that's one thing I will say as a as a narrative based conversation around the NFL. Brady last year in the playoffs was not good. Like, was not good. He was awful in New Orleans. They won the game because Drew Brees was even worse. They won in the NFC title game because the Packers couldn't get out of their own way. And because, to be fair to the Bucs, the, the, the Buccaneers defensive line in that game just dominated up front. I mean, they, they hit Rodgers the whole game. Of course, you had the, the, the famous decision at the end. There's LaFleur kicking a field goal. But Brady was Brady – was, Good in the first half. Awful in the second half. Like, did everything he possibly could have to lose a game. I really think that game and the way it ended set up a lot of why Rodgers was so pissed off and wanted to leave. I, I think a lot of it was, I just can never, I, I can't win. How the hell did we lose that game? And then he started playing the blame game, right? Well, the floor, you know, the coach didn't believe in me. What? I leave that game and say, like, that, that was on Rodgers, that game, more than anybody else. Like that game, you've got to win that game, man. Like you've got to win it. It's on your racket, and so I'm sure he's dying for an, another opportunity. I, I love when you go tennis uh, references. It really, it really makes stacking the box just that much greater. Uh, all right, let's for all your fans out there, and, and for you, Vertram, let's let's get to the Chiefs and, and the AFC playoff picture and the unstoppable New England Patriots. Are, are you? Uh, you, you, you teeing it up here, buddy? This is what's going to be? AFC Championship, Pats, Chiefs, let's I, go? I don't know that it's going to be that. It very well might not be that. I just think it's becoming interesting. Look, the, the Pats have won seven in a row. They're coming off the bye. They play on Saturday night against Indianapolis, which is, a, I think, a really Huge interesting game. game actually. Um, the Chiefs, of course, play on Thursday night. We're going to get the both those games when we do the lines with, with Ben Heisler. Um, but – they're the two most consistent teams in the AFC right now, right? New England's won seven in a row. Kansas City's won six in a row. And it's kind of fun. Like, both teams right now are led by their defenses. I mean, you expected that with New England. I don't think anybody expected that with Kansas City. And yet here we are. Um, 
I don't know that either team's even going to win its division. Like, if the Chiefs lose on, on Thursday night, there's a really good shot they don't win the division. If the Pats lose on Saturday night, they're going to be playing basically the AFC East championship game against Buffalo on the 26th. Like, it, there's a real chance these teams are wild card teams. So, by no means am I sitting here saying, oh, this is guaranteed. It's, 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 it's just going to happen. But I do think it's an interesting question. And if, if it ever did happen, what a ridiculous matchup it would be, right? Like, you've got Belichick and Mahomes. And all, I mean, that would be no shortage of storylines. No, no shortage. I mean, I'm watching the Chiefs play the Raiders this, this week. And, uh, by the way, that I, was keep on, I, I keep on telling everybody how to bet Kansas City. Last week, everybody loved the Raiders. You, 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 you just you fade the Chiefs. They're the best fade in, in all of football. And 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 they just absolutely. But it was, you know, the, the defense looks dominant. The, it's it, you have a dominant. It it, I mean, you have a dominant defense. Oh, the Raiders are weird and standing on the uh, at the fifty yard line on the logo was a bizarre decision. Although I think that's probably getting overplayed. I don't. If they stood on the thirty, I think the results generally the same. But oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. Well, it, it, it was it was still a little bit of moment in time that was at least worth bringing up for a second here on uh, on the show. But regardless. You had a dominant defense. I don't know, best Chiefs team ever. It's got a shot to be that. It's you got us, not as potent offensively, but as far as like a complete concoction of chiefdom, you might be there. I think they're the hardest Chiefs team to beat if they keep playing like this. And I, Cheeto Freak's given it to me, and rightfully so. As I, uh, yeah, I mean, after the Titans game, I absolutely was like, this team's not even making the playoffs. It was because of their defense. They were so bad. I mean, they were so bad the first seven weeks of the year. I just felt like, my God, they're just never going to stop anybody. They can't – you know, if you play defense to that level all year long, you're just, just screwed. And they ha- – I, I have to say, all kidding aside. They live in the backfield I, now. Sorry to interrupt you, but they, they literally live – it's unbelievable. Constant pressure. Go ahead. No, I, I can't remember. And I'm sure there's examples throughout the NFL's history. I cannot remember a unit. Offense or defense, going from that bad to this dominant in the span of like two months. I mean, they they have not given up a meaningful touchdown in like a month and a half. They just destroyed teams. The, the last time a team held the ball against the Chiefs in the second half of a game with the opportunity to take the lead or tie the game was November 1st when the Giants played them. Wow. That is it. Like, and, and you look at the last three games. The last three games, the Chiefs have given up nine points in each of the games. I mean, it's just – it's unbelievable. And like you said, Carmen, you're right. Like the biggest difference is early in the year, they could not get pressure at all. They would go games where they'd hit the quarterback once. They hit the quarterback once every drive now. Like they're just constantly in the back. I mean, it's a four-man roster, not even blitzing. They're just home over and over and over and over. I mean, it is it is incredible how good they've been on that side of the ball. And I think because of that, it gives me confidence. Even if they have to go on the road in the playoffs, I think they probably are all right. But it's, it is remarkable how much they've turned that defense around. A couple uh, good comments coming in here. As per always, love you guys. A Cheeto Freak with the Chiefs defense for comeback player of the year. I love to hear you underline how this has happened outside of getting healthy and 
uh, it's just been an amazing transformation. And a, and a good question from Eddie E. It's like, where do the Chargers have an advantage on the Chiefs? That's a fair question. I mean, I would say right now their offense almost feels more explosive than Kansas City's, but that's probably completely unfair. No, right I now, right it is. It is right now. Look, I would say they're better at running, but Eckler's a better back than anybody the Chiefs have. And it, it Edwards Alaire, a great game last week, but yeah, go ahead. He's a I, good I would Eckler, he's Eckler, not Eckler. That's fair. That's fair. Um, the Chiefs line is better. Herbert's great, but I don't think you'd find anybody in the league who would take Herbert over Mahomes. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at it. Like, if you said just strictly the receivers then the Chargers are better there because they have two. If you're looking at it as offensive, like, like if you're including Kelsey in that conversation, then you'd probably, you'd probably take the Chiefs. So like, I, I think this game, and we're going to get into the game later, but I'll, I'll just say this quickly. I think the game is going to come down in a lot of ways to the Chiefs' defensive line. If they can get pressure, if they can get pressure – on Herbert consistently, I think that's bad, bad news for this. I, I don't think the Chargers can win unless the Chiefs just absolutely beat themselves, which they did in week three, by the way, four turnovers. I, I think that would be the only way. Like, Herbert's going to have to have a very big game for the Chargers to win. They're not winning this game with Herbert throwing for a buck 70. That's right. not happening. So I would I would expect it. If the, if the Chargers can't block the Chiefs, that's probably the game. Well, this is my opportunity to bring in my Northwestern uh, love, and Rashawn Slater is out, is. and that's a huge loss for. Well, he's not necessarily out, but well, he's, he's got COVID, and it's unlikely that he's going to turn that around by. It would, it would be a tight turn, right? yeah. But right. he's not. But yes, if they don't have him and Trey Pipkins as to start at left tackle, that that's a problem. Like yeah. that's a real problem. By the way, my guy. Uh, uh, it's a lot, a lot of a lot of Northwestern Wildcats around the NFL right now. Verter and Bennett Skoranek last night on Monday Night Football. Love seeing that. You've also got Justin Jackson out there uh, with the Chargers. But regardless, uh, that is that that is a big component. But one thing that I little note about what the Chargers are doing, they went immediately into their recovery. There, they uh, they they had the they were basically trying to supercharge to get ready for Thursday. Had the cold tubs going on. Uh, just, just super aggressive to try to get their bodies ready for Thursday night. So they're not they all all hands on deck uh, for this game for the Chargers, which of course makes you know a logical ton of sense because they they needed more than I guess Kansas City arguably needs it. Well, but they've, go they've got a lot of guys on the report, man. You I know. I mean, you got Eckler with the ankle, Derwin James with the hamstring that held him out of the Giants game. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we, there, there are other bumps and bruises along the way. It's not the same. Well, not that this is a, a recovery, uh, thing, you know, in terms of like getting in a cold tub, but he's dealing with a concussion that's kept them out the last couple of games. Um, I'm going to pull it up real quickly. The chargers are missing a litany. You got Jared Cook with quad injury. Derwin James, Eckler, as I mentioned, Linval Joseph with a shoulder. Asante Samuel with the concussion. Mike Williams with a heel injury. All those guys – now, the, the Chargers did not practice yesterday, as you don't on a Monday, even at, even as you get ready for Thursday. But they have to put out an injury report as a projection of what it would look like. Those guys all would not have practiced. They were uh, a group of nine that would not have practiced. The Chiefs, on the other hand, the only guys who wouldn't have practiced were Tyron Matthew and LeJarrius Need, both of which were just not injury-related. So the Chiefs, very healthy. 
Uh, not the case for the Chargers at this point. We'll see. I mean, it, very interesting game. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. All right, we're going to get more into all the games coming up here with Ben in 10 minutes. But let's move on to uh, my favorite topic of the show today, which, of course, is the Bears. And Matt Nagy, let me – when you're asking the question – well, you, you're asking the question, how have the Bears not fired him yet? Uh, well, they haven't because there was a report that got out that made the Bears look bad, so they walked it back. Carm uh, sources telling you that uh, he absolutely was fired, and somehow, some way, they changed their mind. And uh, have they changed it permanently? I highly, 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 highly doubt it. Uh, so it, it'll happen whether it's with two weeks left of the season so they can get a jump on whoever the next head coach is going to be or after the season. At some point, it's coming here. And I, and I, I believe, personally, that Ryan Pace is going with him. But we'll see. But he here, has to. He you know, has to. He, he does. But here, listen, you're down 11 in the fourth quarter to Aaron Rodgers, okay? You're, you're on your own 30-some-odd yard line. It's fourth down. You're getting fired at the end of the year. You know this. This is not – and you're – you went for punting, giving the ball back because maybe you're trying to keep it close and have the loss look a little like you were actually in the game or you're just scared, period. And he had the incident a couple weeks back where his headset went out and he was going to go for it, but then he did, but then he lost the headset and they, you know, it was a complete disaster. And he, he ended up going against what he wanted to do there and he punted the football or whatever. Listen, Matt, from your friend Carm here, maybe your last friend in Chicago, because I, I like the Bears, the, the fact that the Bears suck, your reason number 73. Then maybe that's a little too lenient, but you're not you're not number one. Like all all of Bears fans want to make it fire Nagy, fire it. No, no. Like Pace is such a bigger problem than the head coach of the football team. It's to me. So, but go out on your own terms, man. Go out guns blazing. Go for it. Don't ever punt the rest of the season. Like you know, I don't 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 go out scared like that. This is that's no way to get yourself in your fourth season. You've earned the right to do what you think is best. You know, tiptoeing through the tulips here, and let and and you know, go all in. And if it doesn't work out, just walk out with your head held high. You you did the best you could. Your your team was over five hundred. You made the playoffs two of your four seasons. They've done a lot worse in Chicago, and they probably will in the future. So uh, you're not the greatest you know coach in the history of football, clearly. But you, you don't have to be such a uh, just terrified on your way out of doing things. I I hated that for him. Yeah, I mean, that was such a gutless decision. And I just—it was unbelievable. Like, bro, you're you're down eleven. It's the fourth quarter. You're four and eight. Like, what are you doing? My God, I mean, what? Just what a gutless coward of a move. Like, what? That, it's just so bad. It's so bad. And I'm with you, Carm. Like the the reason they stink as bad as they do. First of all, it's top down. Like the ownership is just. Hey, guys, like anybody with a pulse, anybody. I mean, that's number one. Then you get into Pace, who, listen, I've met Ryan Pace a few times. I've shared an airport terminal a few times with them as I've gotten ready to fly out of Mobile. And you know what? 
Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, in my experience, are very nice guys. Yeah, like sure. nothing, nothing bad to say about either one of them personally. I, I really rooted for their success. They're not good at their jobs. It, right. They're not good. It right. Just, it, it, look, it happens. Right. People get fired in the NFL all the time. Okay. I I know plenty of people who I've become friendly with in the NFL who have gotten fired, and it sucks. And I, and, and frankly, people who have done better than Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. But if you're the Bears, it's more than time. Now, I, it's to punt there. It's not even the call, like in the in the in the micro, because look, whatever they suck. Fuck. It's it's the audacity to just be like, I don't, I don't care. This is how I think we can win. It's like, how could you possibly think that? How could you possibly think that's? And it just speaks to the louder issue of like, you have no ability to parse. What is right? What is wrong? How? I mean, and this goes back to the Dalton and, and Field stuff. And like, hey, we think Andy Dalton's the guy. And it's like, how, how could you think, like watching Andy Dalton this year, how in God's name would you think he's a better fit for this team? Now, if you just want to say, hey, look, Fields is going to get clubbed the whole game, fine. But to play Dalton, and he's, he's just that set the tone for a year of just horrendous decisions. They can't manage it. And Nagy does himself no favors with the media where he goes up and just sounds – look, and I don't believe that he is this, but he sounds like this. He sounds like a dope sometimes. And and I don't think he's a dumb guy. I really don't. I think Matt Nagy's a smart guy. But the way he talks to the media, I think he's trying to like kind of – almost insulate himself and the team and, and it just it comes off as so like myopic it, it's just bad it's a bad he, look. He, look he'd be a great coach on the high school level i'll put him even on like you you want to put him in uh whatever put him in the mid-american conference in college football the head coach of toledo you i'm i'm good nfl coach meet the media every week Making decisions with with a big spotlight on it's just not him. Um, special teams coordinator so. that could be a good gig. But here and we can move on from the Bears. But look, the the reason that they are so damn in this position is 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 very simple. They had the number three overall pick. You had Deshaun Watson. You had Patrick Mahomes. Yep. You had Mitchell Trubisky. You traded up to two, giving up three picks to do it, and you drafted Mitchell Trubisky. That's why they're where they're at. You can you can you can go into any other little detail you want. They had an opportunity. There was a Hall of Fame quarterback sitting in there, swinging a miss. And to the to Kyle's point, like he dragged Mitchell Trubisky to the playoffs. He actually, I mean, I'll give him a drop of credit. I mean, they had a really good defense, and Vic Fangio knew what the hell he was doing. So, how much credit does he deserve for that? I'm not sure. And Trubisky, he he certainly didn't overachieve to what uh, the guy is, but. By the way, his stats, Mitchell Trubisky compared to Justin Fields early in his career, Trubisky's are better, which is a terrifying statement uh, and and one that's not going to hold true. But that is the that is a fact right now. Speaking of another disaster, by the way, Urban Meyer, let's just do this before we get Ben in here. Yeah. Uh, here, here, let me give you my take on what should happen with Urban Meyer real fast here, Bertram. If they are down to the Texans this week, 
seven nothing first quarter. I think Shad Khan, the most patient guy in the history of the planet, who's let Doug Marone sit there for years, uh, he should literally come down from on high for how much he's embarrassed that team and say you're out of here middle of the game. Like just just have have one of the security personnel just take him off the field for how he's embarrassed that franchise. By the way, they're 100 percent losing. They're 100 percent losing to Houston because you know this as well as I do. There are plenty of teams that, you know, those are bad teams. They're not the talented, whatever, right? They're injured, a million things. When a team flat out hates their coach and quits on them, it's over. Like, it's – every once in a while you see it. I, I remember my the most stark uh, version that I can remember, 2013 Washington. They were brutal. They had the year prior where they went to the playoffs and RG3 got hurt because Shanahan just left them in the game. And they were they were bad in 2013. I remember Kansas City went there for a game in December. The weather was was crappy, and the Chiefs just ran all over them. And I mean, it was a game where like Washington didn't even try to tackle. Like it was so embarrassing how little effort they gave. And then Shanahan got fired like right afterward. It was it was so bad. My question was: Is this the worst? disaster in the in the NFL's history with a coach. And I got to tell you, it's in the ballpark. Like, I don't say that lightly. You know me. I love history. I don't I do not do the whole blanket statement. Like, it really is in the ballpark, man. Like, I don't know if it is. You'd really have to sit there and go through it. There are plenty of guys who have been one and done and all that sort of thing. But, man, I, I, I'll tell you, this is – it's not even the record – it's it's everything that's gone on around it. You know, him with that woman in the bar in, in Ohio after he didn't fly back with the team. It's hiring a strength and conditioning coach he worked with in college who a day later resigns in disgrace. It's it's all the OTA finds you racked up. It's the cluelessness. I mean, yesterday, my God, he gets asked in a press conference. How about this this rookie? Is he going to see more time? Oh, well, he's seeing more time now. The guy played zero snaps. Like, it's it's benching it's benching James Robinson, Rockford's finest, by the way. All right. And, and then having no explanation for why it's happening. Yeah, well, you should ask the running backs coach about No, Urban, you should ask you about that. You're the fucking head coach. What planet are you on? Like, it is it well, is. Well, he fumbled. So, he fumbled, Bertram. so bad. It is yeah. so bad. He doesn't even look like he gives a shit. Like, I have never in my life, in my life, seen a coach who's just more of a clown show. Like, Bobby Petrino was a mess, okay? You want to date back to, like, Lou Holtz, he was a mess. If you want to even go to a guy who didn't come out of college, like Jim Tom Slew with the Niners was a disaster. But this, this is so embarrassing on a multitude of levels. In my life, in my 33 years on this earth, he is the most embarrassing hire I have ever seen on the NFL level. I do think that as our first F-bomb on uh, on Stack in the Box, so congratulations, Verterem. You can attribute it to uh, Urban Meyer. And I, I, I just, before we get, and Ben Heisler's jumping on in one second here, but let me just read one comment from Shad Khan, um, who's, again, it's the guy who let Gus Bradley sit around to, and go 14 and 48 uh, and this was his comment I thought stood out to me. What concerns me is obviously wins and losses, but hey, we're sitting here. We haven't had a lot of wins. What's different about this thing is you have losses and you have drama. 
In the past, it was like you were, quote, it's like the lowly Jaguars that everyone left you alone. Now the scrutiny, the scrutiny we have is really something different. So this dude was like, hey, whatever, we suck, but it's quiet and no one's bothering me. But now we suck, and I got I to gotta answer to this reporter and that reporter, and I got to talk about this dude who I thought was going to be my hero, and he absolutely has been the opposite. So it doesn't take a genius to read into what's going to happen here, even with a guy who's been very, 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 very patient in his in, – They're going to have to keep the money, period. That's what's that's happening. Which is, which is why Urban can just sit there and be what he is, which is just – just you know, He's going to get paid. I'm just going to dismiss everything. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's make some money here. Ben Heisler, Bet Sided, the managing editor and the man with the plan. Go to winbet.com for all your gambling needs. There you see the six games on the table this week. Chiefs and Chargers Thursday night is where we are starting. Again, winbet.com. You see it on the screen right there. Make some money. Bet your your hearts out and get rich, hopefully, or at least be positive. Ben, the Chiefs are a four-point favorite, 51-and-a-half. Thursday night, the Chargers got in the cold tub, and they're ready, but banged up here. Uh, Kansas City, of course, crushing the Raiders this week, and and you've had trouble betting the Chiefs this week. I told you, by the way, Casey was the play this week. I hope you listened. Yeah, no, I 100% didn't listen to the Carm. Bad <laughs> job by me. Uh, I, again, went with the trends, went with the noteworthy mentions of the Kansas City Chiefs' inability all season, but but now they're on a roll, and uh, they're making me look silly for it. This has just not been a team that you can find um, just any sort of constant – effort with like it's four and zero against the spread now they're six and oh in their last six games before that they were on a run where they were two 14 and one against the spread and before that there was something along the lines of 12 and three so if you're going to ride with kansas city you might as well ride on them now and we've already started to see sharp money move this line it opened up at kansas city on the road at minus two and a half it has since moved up to four like you said total sitting at 51 i i'm just concerned as to which guys are going to be available? You mentioned some of the injury concerns. Sean Slater, um, their top offensive tackle, they're the guy protecting Herbert's blindside. He's going to miss the game. He's been placed on the COVID-19 list. I believe he is vaccinated, but I can't confirm that. Um, as to whether or not that could potentially allow him to come back, we're not sure. I, I just don't see in any situation how things line up for the Chargers. They are remarkable. And I'm going to write a little bit later on at bedside at how we might see the Herbert-Mahomes matchup for years to come as this generation's Brady versus Peyton Manning. Like, that's how good these two quarterbacks are. So it's hard for me to just completely dismiss Herbert. At the same time, you know the Chiefs are out for blood. They played wheels on the bus after they smoked the Raiders, considering last year the Raiders did a bus tour around Arrowhead Stadium. They're clearly motivated at this point. They're going to be out for blood after losing that game at home to Arrowhead against the Chargers. I can't go against Kansas City anymore, and I'll probably you know, have a little bit of egg on my face for it, but four points feels like a reasonable number, especially if Kansas City has everybody healthy. Just, just before you go in here, Verter Ram, 
this week you 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 absolutely bet the Chargers. This is where Ben gets super. This is where everybody, by the way, the money's going to be heavy on Kansas City. This is when you fade the Chiefs, the ultimate fade team of all time. Don't think about anything else. Everyone's betting them. Take the Chargers. Herbert at home. Love it. Don't care about the injury. Somehow they figure it out. Go ahead. You, so you got the Chargers to win, Carl. I do. I want well, at least a, at least a cover. Uh, you know, uh, right. So I, I actually was – I'm a little surprised the line went up to four. I thought I thought it would be at about two and a half, three. And obviously, it's where, like you said, Ben's where it opened, and now it's climbed. Um, if Slater can't play, that that is a massive problem. Like, I mean, I I don't think – you know, if, if you're not someone who watches the Chargers a lot, I don't – I don't begin to explain how good he's been this year. And if they don't have him, and it's Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton at the tackles, that's a problem. Like, early in this year, the Chiefs couldn't get any pressure. Now they are just relentlessly hitting the quarterback. If the Chargers are going to win this game, it's going to be because Herbert plays out of his mind. That's how they're winning this game. The Chargers are not winning this game with the defense. They're not winning it with the running attack. They're not winning it because because all of a sudden their special teams are great. Like the Chargers are not good in any of those areas, any of them. The Chargers are going to win the game, much like the Chiefs used to, because their quarterback just goes into God mode, and there's no way you beat him. The problem for the Chargers is God is on the other side of the field as well. And so you have this game where normally, just like the Chiefs, very similar, like normally you have a big advantage of quarterback for the Chargers. You don't have that this week. I think the Chargers are a very good team, and I think they're very capable of winning this game. But I do think the Chiefs win by about a touchdown. I, so I, t- I take them to cover. I do not think it's easy. I, and, and look, the Chiefs, last time they played each other, had almost 450 yards of offense. They lost because they turned the ball over four times. They turned it over three times inside the Chargers 30, twice in the red zone. I went back and watched that game last night. Kansas City didn't punt. Not once. Never punted the football. Like, it's just, if the Chiefs don't beat themselves and Herbert's under pressure, I think it's a very hard game for the Chargers to win. Carm, let me give you some of the numbers for Kansas City's turnaround on defense. First five games of the season, they gave up 29 points, 36, 30 to these Chargers, 30 and 38 to Buffalo. In the last five games, seven points, granted it was not with Aaron Rodgers, 14 points against the Raiders on the road, Nine points to Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Nine points to Denver on Sunday night. And then another nine against Vegas. I get that Herbert is an exceptional quarterback. And I think you can make a fairly compelling argument that he should be back as a potential front runner for MVP if they sweep the Chiefs. Because that puts the Chargers in a really nice spot to capture that division. And I think it's very much in play. This this Kansas City team, though, when they are hot, it is very difficult to fade them. And I have paid that price for the last several weeks. Right, right, and and everything you said makes a ton of sense, <laughs> but the Chiefs do not make a lot of sense when you're trying to bet the Chiefs. It's true, and it, it's a Thursday night game. They're on the road. The public loves them. The Chargers are talented. I, you, I will say I'm this just, real quick, though. Yeah, that place is going to be like Arrowhead. That's fine. There, That's fine. I'm just saying, like, it's not going to be a typical road game where it's like, oh, it's going to be real. It's but, going to be harder for the Chargers to hear the signals of the Chiefs in that game. Right, and we don't know uh, if Ian Allen's going to play either. You're you're still you're not having yeah. to get up and travel in the middle of the week. It's no, like I get it. I, no, there's there's truth know. in that. But I'm just saying, I, I, you know, in the game itself, 
it's going to be louder when the Chiefs are on defense than when the Chargers are on. I mean, that is going to be – truthfully, man, if the Chiefs defense wasn't playing as well as it was playing, I would probably pick the Chargers. The Chiefs defense, you could make a real case. They're the best defense in football right now. I mean, they are just dominating teams. And so I just – just pleased to all the diehards out there, Cheeto, Freak, and, and George, and Gonzo. On Thursday night, when the Chargers and Chiefs end up in a one- or two-point game, I just want all the tweets coming at the Carm, at the Carm, again, Mr. Chief, thank you for your incredible knowledge on stacking the box. Something along those lines is the, is the tweets that I would really appreciate from the crew here. And, and Ben, you can lead that if you'd like. That's fine. Carm, we can, we can even make a uh, Kansas City-Chicago food bet on this game if you want. Okay. You send me a little lose. I send you a little bit of uh, burn ends from your choice, and uh, we can go from there. All right. I want you to go over to McGonagall's, which does not get enough pub. Love it's McGonagall's. Out- it's a schlep, but I, lo- I love it. <laughs> Great place, Verderam, next time you go to Kansas City. Well, I'll have to check it out. In the so meantime, look, I, I just want, you know, Carm, Carm is going with the Chargers in this game. It's just Chargers I, win. I am. I'm not saying I'm not saying they were going to win. I'm just saying that the four points is a lot, and I think it's – and somehow, some way. The way that the way that Kansas City goes in the gambling world, they are. Uh, I'm sticking with my you, you fade you fade KC when everybody loves them. All right, let's go to Saturday afternoon. The our first game, the the Raiders, who of course got killed by KC, and now speaking of the public, they all love Cleveland after maybe the Browns' most impressive performance this year. Six point favorite at home are the Browns, forty two and a half. Uh, ben, you you believe in in the Fighting Bakers? I believe in them. I don't know if I believe them with a six-point spread. The Raiders, I keep thinking that they're done and they keep losing, but somehow oh, they're, they're still – oh, they're done, and they're right now they're minus done. 77 in net well points. Done. But they're still in the playoff picture, and so are the Browns, which I thought a couple of weeks ago uh, the Ravens would put them out of their misery, and sure enough, that wasn't on the table. You have the Browns on the outside looking in. The Raiders still are somehow hanging around with the Steelers and the Dolphins in the playoff matchup. I, I just feel like this line is going to continue to go and go and go. If I'm, I'll take the Raiders, and I'm probably going to wait to jump on them only because everyone's going to be on the Browns after last week. And Cleveland's got their own issues of their own. I know that Baker played better, but I'm not convinced that he's anywhere near 100%. Uh, Raiders have been better on the road over the last handful of games. They've seemed to put up a little bit more of a fight. I just don't necessarily see it for Cleveland. And then you got Baker trying to turn it around with all sorts of injuries on a short week. I'll take Las Vegas to cover the number here, and I'll probably lean on the over as well. I I love Vegas to cover, but my God, they're done. That team, they're not winning this game. And the Browns are not good, by the way. The Browns almost lost to Tyler Huntley at home after having a 24-6 lead at halftime. I wrote up my column. I think Baker in the second half of the game was like 6 or 12 for 39 yards. Nothing impressive. He's, he's awful. I, I'm sorry. You know what? If I got to listen to one, one argument made on television that they should extend Baker Mayfield, whoever that person is, should be fired. I, I don't care what your argument is. He's, he's not good. That being said, the Raiders are just beyond done. Like, I got to say, you know, guys, I've never felt this way during a game before, ever. Watching that Chiefs-Raiders game, the first play of the game, the Raiders fumbled the ball, got run back for a touchdown. I really genuinely felt the game was over, 13 seconds into the game. The game was just done. They were never going to win. That's how cooked I think they are. I do think they'll cover because I just don't think the Browns can run away and hide from anybody. They just can't score. 
But I think Cleveland wins, you know, 23 to 20, something like that, uh, and, and continues to at least stay alive, and not only the playoff picture, but in the division. I felt the exact same way, by the way, because uh, I, in my own moronic uh, world here, I in my in the pick 'em play, I did not take the Chiefs. I I as one of my five games, and and right when that play happened, like you idiot, you completely blew it, and, and of course that's exactly how it went. All right, Patriots and Colts, maybe you know certainly in there for contention, best game of the week. This is uh, will this finally be the week that New England comes down to earth? Uh, Indy at home, two-and-a-half-point favorite are the Colts, which uh, that's some good respect for a, a Colt team that's playing, been playing some great football for a while now. 46 the number. Ben? This one is really, really difficult to try and book because Sharps have been all over the Colts. Very surprised that it opened up at this number. And, and give credit to Indy after starting off one and four. They've been a team that has battled and fought their way back and – came to establish that they have the best running back currently in football, so you might as well use him. And when Jonathan Taylor has over 80 yards, they're undefeated. So the question is whether or not he can do this against the Patriots defense that's coming off a bye that's been remarkable since you know really about the fourth, fifth week of the season. You also have Mac Jones not turning over the ball and making costly mistakes. And I just don't know whether or not the Colts' pass rush is going to be able to cause any sort of havoc. It just hasn't happened the last several weeks. New England's as locked in as I've seen any team this year, maybe other than Kansas City over their last several games on the defensive side of the ball. And Carson Wentz is still turnover prone. He hasn't always had the stats to back that up this year. He's gotten lucky a lot of the time with some missed interceptions and some tip balls that didn't end up coming through. But I think the Colts, based on their recent play and because of Jonathan Taylor, are getting overvalued here. And I think the Patriots, as a, as a live dog, are very much in play. You know, they might be thinking ahead to Buffalo. I don't think so. They already took care of Buffalo on their home turf, have a chance to beat them to completely clear up the division by the time that rolls around the following week. I, I don't see how the Colts pull this one off unless Jonathan Taylor goes nuts, and we know how Bill Belichick schemes up a team. They take away your best option, and that option is Jonathan Taylor. So I like the Patriots getting the points here. I am very torn on this game. I I really think, you know, both teams coming off a bye, which is kind of interesting. Colts at home. The Pats' biggest advantage is how good they are in the trenches. But Indianapolis is really good in the trenches, too. Like, Indianapolis has a great offensive line. They can pound the ball. Look, Reich is not Belichick, but he's a very good head coach. I don't think either team's going to score. I would just, First of all, I would take the under in this game. That would be my like if I had to make a play, I think this game is going to be a low scoring, like 20 to 17. I actually would take Indy's money line in this game for one reason. I think if it comes down to one of these quarterbacks having to make four or five plays, even though Wentz, it is you are riding lightning with him, and anything can happen. Like I agree with you, Ben. Like he's also he he's liable to throw three picks in this game. I believe that. Their receivers are a little better. They can maybe make a play here or there. I don't know that Jones can. Now, I don't love in these corners, but that is the one hang-up I have with New England, and I've had it for two months now. They they cannot make a big play in the passing game. That is the one thing that concerns me. Look, I will say this. New England certainly can win. Uh, and this game, I saw this game open at, like, even. It was like a pickup, and the line just keep going up and up and up. But I – 
I'll take the Colts. It's a little bit of a hunch. Um, it's a little bit of the Colts desperately needing this game. But, I, you know, I, I would take the under over everything else. I think the Colts win a very tight game. Just a little, little reminder here. Belichick has beaten Indy eight straight times. Colts offense in the red zone, 21st in the NFL. Patriots defense in the red zone, number two. Uh, public, by the way, likes Indy right now. So that's another against her. That's, that's, that's why I, I personally would stay away from this one. Tennessee and Pittsburgh, we move on. Uh, and this look, I saw some uh, Titans uh, action in the chat here, which, uh, hey, I'm not, I'm not out on, on Tennessee as a solid contender in the AFC, in the wild AFC, a two-point favorite here on the road at Pittsburgh. That is, for me, at least contingent on Derrick Henry coming back and being healthy. But let's focus on this week, Ben. The, uh, the fighting Steelers at home with a little, you know, two points is uh, certainly a, perhaps doable for uh, you. Would, this, this screams bet Tennessee. So do you like Pittsburgh? I don't think it screams bet Tennessee. I'd very much like Pittsburgh plus the points at home this week. I think you get Big Ben coming off a little bit of extra rest. You guys remember the movie Rookie of the Year? Henry Rowan Gardner <laughs> pitches for the Chicago Cubs, and his yeah. hero in that movie is uh, Chet Stedman, the Rocket. And, and the Rocket is on his very last legs, and they finally get that opportunity to go for the uh, for the wild, not the wild card, but the, the playoff game. And he just gives it everything he's got. Like that's Big Ben this year. Because everything else is done. He's going through. He's trying to get whatever he has out of his arm that's failing him throughout the course of the season. But they're, they stack up well against Tennessee because the Titans still don't have a consistent running game. They looked good last week because they were coming off a of bye and playing a terrible team. And I'm not buying into this idea that Tennessee is still any sort of world beater until Derrick Henry comes back. You know, Ryan Tannehill's been exposed throughout the course of the year. And just because they got a 20-point win against a terrible team, I'm not buying in on them. So I like Pittsburgh plus the points. They play better at home. TJ Watts still is in the conversation for defensive player of the year. They'll generate some pressure on Tannehill. And he's also been prone to make some mistakes as well. So, so give me the Steelers plus the points at home. Actually surprised that we haven't seen this line move a little bit further in the Pittsburgh direction. So far, it stayed right at plus two. I have ripped the Steelers on a weekly basis all year long. This is my favorite bet of the week. I would take the Steelers all day at plus two. All day. Like, I, I don't understand why they're not favored in this game. The Titans are better when they're healthy. They're not healthy. They don't have Derrick Henry. They don't have A.J. Brown. And their line, their offensive line is not good. And, oh, by the way, that is death against Pittsburgh. Like, if there is one thing the Steelers can do, it is relentlessly get after your quarterback. And with Watt and Hayward and everybody, like, that is not great. Tannehill has one more touchdown than interception this year. They have one weapon at all in this game, which Tomlin will take away. And – Normally, like if they had Henry in this game, I'd go, oh my God, he's going to rush for 250. Right. They can't run the ball. They can't run the ball. They have nobody who can run for a yard. I I love the Steelers to win this game. I, I don't think it's a blowout, but I think the Steelers are absolutely going to win this football game. For anybody that's considering the route of a teaser, and if anyone's just jumping on stacking the box and they're not sure what that is, you can move the line six points in your in whatever direction you want. It can either be on the spread, it can be on the total you have to pair it with another team to be able to do it. I think without question, and I'm surprised that I haven't booked it already, 
The Patriots plus two and a half move them from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. So you move yeah. them past those magic numbers of three and seven and couple that with the Steelers from plus two to plus eight this week. I don't think you're going to find a more uh, intriguing teaser than that on the slate this week. I, that's one of my all-time favorite bets for this week. Mark that one down, baby. Ben with the right all-time the favorite. Love it. Uh, I'll just remind you guys again next week. My two my two blue chip current plays are the Titans, who are going to run the ball against the Steelers this week, and the Chargers are going. Wait, who to, to, you? Hey, who? How many? Dalvin Cook just ran for what two hundred five yards against them. They can't run for a foot without Derrick Henry. Okay, they can't what, do anything. Dalvin Cook's a great player. Have, I, has anyone seen two hundred? 200. Verham, they might they'll put me back there. I think I could pick up about a 106. Give me a 106er. I, I would I would pay an ungodly amount of money to see Carm just on a on a counter pitch. Just we'll we're, we're bringing this one back next week. Tennessee and the Chargers. My, Tennessee my, my, and the Chargers. By I, the way, I, I saw Carm shimmy a guy on the basketball court on a cruise ship out of his shoes and thank completely you. break thank his ankle and while i felt for the guy it was still one of the funnier moments i've, I've ever seen there was also the same trip where the comedian uh, was playing hoops with us at Verderam, and he somehow like tore his acl the guy was like he literally the comedian was he was like laying under the hoop and people were, and it was, you know, the guy had serious knee injury. And people were like, can you get off the court, comedian, so we can continue the game? And, and then that night after dinner, you know, you go to the show, and, and there he was out there in a, in a full air cast. And he's, you know, telling the story. He's like, yeah, I was on the hoop court today, and, uh, you know, I got injured. And they were like, get off the court. Um, it was ruthless on these cruise ships back in the day. You, you but, guys right. hanging out, going on cruises? I didn't know you, you guys that close. We're, 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 we're Heisler's deep in the family. I'm deep in the uh, – he just missed uh, my my dad's ninety sixth birthday was this past weekend. His parents were there. God bless them. They they, they did great work, by the way. They they carried the whole party. Ben, I got to tell you, the Carmen, a lot of conversations by uh, Cheryl awesome. and David. All right, let's move forward. Um, Cincy and Denver. Uh, everybody else is invited to Carmen Family Affairs. Gonzo, Cheeto Freak, George, come on over. Uh, Denver is a one and a half point favorite at home against the Bengals. Uh, Broncos with uh, eh, looked impressive last week. Forty three and a half the number here, Ben. You riding you riding them at home? I, I think the Bengals are being a little bit undervalued here. They've they've had a rough go last few weeks, and you just have no idea. Both of these teams are fascinating because you genuinely have no idea which one's going to show up. You have the Broncos that um, you know, couldn't beat Philadelphia at home a couple weeks ago, then they uh, get beat down by the Chiefs, and again they had just unbelievable opportunities to backdoor cover and, and couldn't get it done. And then you have the Bengals who've just lost two of three at home, uh, including a, a great comeback against the 49ers to somehow blow the game in overtime. I, I feel like the line is going to continue to move towards Denver. It's going to be the trendy pick because of what we saw from them last week. Defense played much better. Bridgewater was accurate, was making throws all over the field. Uh, but I, I think the Bengals, kind of when you count them out, they find a way to sneak back into the mix. And remember, that team about maybe four or five weeks ago was the number one seed in the AFC. So they've they've kind of taken a, a pretty big stumble, and I think they recognize what's at hand. Jamar Chase had a big game last week. I think that's so important to get him back going again. T. Higgins has been outstanding in the backside of the season, getting things going again. Burrow just needs to stop turning the ball over. And I think against the Broncos, he'll be able to make some smarter throws, keep the game driving a little bit. They have Joe Mixon still playing well. I, I like Cincinnati here 
as everybody is starting to count them out. By the way, uh, the breaking news of the day, Chris Jones for the Chiefs, COVID protocol. So he might miss the game. Not being ruled out yet because apparently he's vaccinated, uh, but he is in the COVID protocol for Kansas City. Um, Ouch. Not, not good. Not good, good for my Chargers, but that is, uh, I mean, if he, I guess, I guess if he and Slater are out, it kind of cancels each other out, but that is a huge loss. Um, as far as the Bengals and the, and the Broncos, look, I, I don't know where the hell to go with this game because, like you said, I mean, it's just, they're both just bizarre. I, I would take the Bengals just because I think that, <laughs> I think the Broncos are the oddest seven and six team I've ever seen. Like the Bengals have more talent, so I would take them. But it's a weird game. It is a weird, weird, weird game. So I, I got to, I'll take the Bengals, but I, I really, I would stay away from this game if, uh, if, if I were, if I were betting on it or betting on any game this week. Who's the better team? The Bengals, I think. Bengals. Right. You would agree with that, Ben, wouldn't you? I would. I, I think they have more talent than Denver this yeah. year. I, I mean, and, and maybe this will change, but right now the public loves Denver, just crushing the Broncos. And so, I, to me, that's that screams Cincinnati in this one. But let's wrap up. And the public loves Green Bay, uh, and obviously because uh, the Ravens are scuffling and the Packers are not. Four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road here, 43-and-a-half. Uh, Green Bay letdown game perhaps, Ben? No, because it's still a nationally televised game of the week on Fox. Rodgers is still locked in. I, I, I get it if they were like playing the Lions or something, and then maybe they didn't cover on the road. But uh, it, it's a game that with Baltimore understanding their level of desperation, because right now at Wimbet, uh, the, the, the Ravens, which were at one point the, the sky-high favorite in that division, are now tied with the Browns at plus 165 odds, and Cincinnati's still hanging around there as well. And if you think Pittsburgh still has a chance, which uh, which Verderham clearly said that they do not. Maybe maybe it was the, the Raiders. I don't know if I'm confusing uh, your Raiders take and your your Steelers take. They're, they're probably one within the same as far as their opportunities. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, but they're, I think, plus 1,200 if you think the Steelers can somehow get on a run. But the Packers are the league's best team against the spread all year. They're 11-2. and two. They're covering at around 85% of their games. Um, Rodgers' toe injury... Every time you think it's a concern, he goes out and he plays his ass off and just does things that, that make him look remarkable. And you're talking about a Ravens defense that decided, what, a week or two ago that they had to, to go for two because Jim Harbaugh didn't have any corners. So that's going to slow down Rodgers. He'll just sit in the pocket all day and find Devontae Adams, find Alan Lazard. You can yep. use Aaron Jones as a pass-catching weapon out of the backfield. You still have A.J. Dillon to take some pressure off. Baltimore's desperate, and I still like Harbaugh a lot as a coach, but if Lamar Jackson's not 100% and their defense is struggling and they're hurt, even on the road, I, I just don't see how the Packers don't come in and, and just take it to take them to the woodshed. I, I, I don't know what Baltimore can do to surprise me here. Even though the public will be all over Green Bay, I, I have to go with the public here. He... he uh... You know, he said that the toe injury is he, he did something terrible Sunday night. So it, I don't know. That's one little 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 tidbit here that maybe Rodgers is more compromised than he's been all season long. But go ahead, Verderam. I I have nothing to add. I, I agree, Ben. I do not think the Ravens are winning, covering any. I, I 
the Ravens have been, in some ways, the luckiest team in the league this year. In game, now they, they've been the unluckiest with injuries, but they've been the luckiest in terms of they have had a million games this season. They either could have or should have lost, and they've somehow miraculously won. I, I think this is going to be a pounding. Like Rodgers is going to throw a will on it. The, the way the Ravens cover this game is Green Bay gets off to a big lead. They kind of let their take their foot off the gas. Uh, maybe they consider taking Rodgers out if they feel like it's comfortable enough, and then they just start chipping away. Easy touchdowns. You know the, the Packers' defense in the second quarter against the Bears and their special teams just got completely and totally exposed. So maybe there's a couple plays where the Ravens on special teams are able to get themselves a touchdown uh, because Green Bay right now is a mess in that department. But I, I just don't know. Four and a half, it, it doesn't feel like it's enough. Ben, good stuff. We get you in and out in a half hour with Heister and in and out in an hour on the show, roughly. Uh, hey, enjoy an amazing Thursday night game. I know we got a ton of Chiefs fans here. Looking forward to it. Ben, good stuff as always, brother. Appreciate it, guys. Be good. Vertram, let's wrap it here, buddy. I know you got a big uh, big driving trip coming up here that you're super excited about. Yeah, a week from tomorrow, a week from Wednesday. I, uh, I embark on what is a, a 13 or 14-hour drive from Illinois to New York to go home for Christmas to see the folks, see some friends. I am very excited about it in the sense I love going back, and I love seeing everybody, and it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, the trip itself is going to be interesting i've got a, a, a pregnant wife and a four-year-old daughter who talks more than me so <laughs> th- this is going to be it, normally we'd go overnight normally we'd go overnight uh yeah, we can't this time for a variety of reasons so maze is going to be wide awake and want to know everything about everything for 14 hours that is going to be big test um but I am looking. I am looking forward to getting home. So the trip will be worth it ultimately. But man, that is that's going to be interesting. You know, uh, I, I just like to say during the show behind the scenes here, uh, I, uh, there's multiple options here at the fan sided uh, chateau, and so I'm out and about, and I let the dog be out and about. And Dan Selke is the only other man in the office today, and, and Poppy the puppy has destroyed about uh, seven pennants and uh, other uh, paraphernalia that was sitting that, that was going to be disposed of. And so the dog might um, need a trip to the vet after this one. So it's been a rough day for, for this last time that Poppy the Puppy will be wandering about during Stacking the Box for around. Uh, other than that, uh, I am trying out for the Chicago Bulls, who have 10 players in COVID. Seriously. And I, I got a call in to uh, Billy Donovan and company, but I have not heard back yet. But, hey, I love long car rides, baby. Tee it up, get a good stop, have some fast food along the way. Number one fast food joint for Vertram on his trip to New York? Uh, I think I think probably at some point just going to stop at like Chipotle or something. Oh, probably, okay. Probably, I always stop in Erie, Pennsylvania. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's a little past that because Cleveland's like the absolute halfway mark, almost exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. and I'm not stopping in Cleveland. So... Chipotle, that's a that, that's an upper level move, buddy. That's a, that's not a that's not an in the car. You sit down, you have a nice meal. Yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, if I was by myself, that's definitely what I would do. Now, I, you know, I don't know with Maisie and Steph, like what the hell is going to happen. But that what about, crack- a, what about a Cracker Barrel? Nice little breakfast. Oh come on, no, no stop it, Cracker Barrel. I, I love Cracker Barrel. No, I, I um love Cracker Barrel. I I've been to Cracker Barrel once. Um. <laughs> I, I like the cheese, 
But uh, that's – usually I, I gas the car up. I get to about I, – I, I try not to stop in Indiana because it's Indiana. So I get through Indiana, and then I stop the gas up in like around Toledo. And then I just – I go the four and a half hours through Ohio, just straight stop in Erie, get out, stretch for a minute, gas the car up again. And then, and then from there, it is a straight shot, man. It's about from Erie. It's about six hours to my parents. So from there, it's just trucking. If I got to stop for gas, I'll stop in like Binghamton, which is like an hour away. Yeah, I'm just, I'm gone. That's it. Great home of the Mets. Say hi to your parents for me. And hey, everybody, we appreciate you. Uh, those who have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do so. We, uh, it, your, your, our lives are dependent upon you. And yes. Uh, Hey, great, great week of football coming up here. Week 15, Verderam, hard to believe. Unbelievable. Moving along and uh, headlined or at least started off by the Chiefs and the Chargers on Thursday night. Good stuff today, brother. Good to be with you. You as well, Carm. Take care. All right, everybody. Cheeto, Freak, Clint, the rest of you. George, Gonzo, we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching Stack in the Box. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.